This is St. Peter's Sunday Morning Bible Group, and I'm Pastor Adam. Each week, we record our teaching time to aid you in your discipleship and to help create a resilient faith that is able to respond to the changing landscape of culture and life with the fullness of grace and truth. And hey, if you happen to live in the Columbus area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head over to our website at stpeterscolumbus.org. That's stpeterscolumbus.org. Here is this week's Sunday Morning Bible Group. Before we dive into uh, this week's topic, I did want to touch on something that actually kind of came up last week, um, and that is adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs. So that was actually mentioned kind of briefly in last week's video. Uh, One of the psychologists, he mentioned that there's this list of 10 ACEs, and he said that if uh, a child experiences four or more of these events, that they are at much greater risk to develop not just mental health disorders, but, but medical disorders over their lifetime. So um, I wanted to, as I was like walking around last week and hearing some of the discussions, I heard some people mention that list and wondering what's on it. So I just wanted to provide that list to you guys. And um, I thought it'd be a good thing to, to, to just show you guys and to learn on its own, but also it actually ties in pretty well with this week's lesson. So uh, first, let's just go through the list here. So it's on it, it's got child physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, emotional or physical neglect, um, having a mentally ill, depressed, or suicidal person in the home, having a drug addicted or alcoholic family member, witnessing domestic violence against the mother, the loss of a parent to death or abandonment by parental divorce, and in the incarceration of any family member for a crime. Um, and so I think this, this, this fits into this week's lesson because the woman who we're going to hear about in, in the video this week, she suffers um, from anxiety. And that largely stems from some childhood trauma that she experienced, so possibly one of these ACEs. But also, um, how many of you have heard of the Aces? Okay, um, it's a fascinating story. Like how it was discovered. I think it was like in California in the '90s, maybe. And doctors started asking questions about, "Have you experienced these things?" And they began to get to know the person, just. Um, more than just making a medical diagnosis. And they begin to find all these things. And to the extent that these things are present, it's just not causation, but correlation of, of different medical issues later on in life and, uh, and also um, the higher um, chance of addiction issues and mental health issues. And so if you want to it's, it's a fascinating story um, how this came about, and now this is really part of um, almost any um, psychological or counseling interview. Like when we assess people over at LifeWorks, we go through this, and based on their ACEs score, that would cue us to maybe probe more deeply for um, post-traumatic stress disorder, and, and just to become more aware of the person's whole life experience. So it's a, it's a fascinating thing, and it was created out of real compassion for people and, um, and their life story. So um, I just, yeah, if you've got some spare time and want to Google how the ACEs got, got invented, 
it would be rich, rich watching. So go ahead, David. Yeah. Oh, and I can I just say one more thing that I want to, um, <clears throat> if someone has a high ACEs score, that doesn't like doom them. Like I think parents have, have seen this and, and been like, oh my goodness, what about my child? You know, like they're a teenager now and I was using when they were young or whatever. And I just, if any of you have experienced these things or know someone who has or whatever, it's not a, it's not a, a life sentence or anything, but being aware of it can really help to meet the needs of the person that may have experienced those things. So mm -hmm. that tees it up for the protective factors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we wanted to talk about these, not just because it was talked about last week, but also um, ties into this week. And there, it's not all bad, um, as Jan was saying. There are protective factors that really help children overcome their history or ongoing struggle with these adverse childhood experiences. And with these protective factors, other people can be involved in being these supporting figures in these, child, these children's lives. So this week's topic is companionship. And these protective factors show us a way that we can be companions to children who may be struggling with some of these experiences. And while, and, and Jan mentioned this already, but while a child's ACEs score can show like what they've, what they've been through and where they're coming from and, and things that might affect them, it's important to remember that it's not their destiny. Like they're not doomed for illness or um, a lifetime of terrible emotional experiences. And um, so here we've um, come up with seven protective, or didn't come up with, but we researched and found seven protective factors. Um, I'm, there are probably more out there. You can get more um, in depth, but these are just seven that kind of uh, hit the topic. And so the first one is a safe, stable, nurturing environment. And so that is just to create a safe, warm, and loving home or a safe space for the child. The second one is the power of one, which uh, means just one positive relationship with a caring adult can be a turning point toward resilience for a child. Uh, having a supportive adult can help them overcome the impact of stressful situations. The third one is clear and fair expectations. Um, this would be like ensuring that the child knows boundaries and like house or classroom rules and also finding ways to set them up for success to meet those expectations. The fourth one is professional help. So going to trauma-informed or adoption-informed therapy can help parents and kids talk through the obstacles that these ACEs create for children. And it also gives parents tools to help build a healthy um, attachment between the two of them. The next one is school involvement. So going to school and being in the environment of a school setting can be a really good protective factor for kids with high ACEs scores, uh, even if academics are not the priority necessarily for the child, because at school they can build relationships with others and there's a lot of helping adults in that environment that really just want the best for the child. And kind of really closely linked with that is the next one of peer connections. And so that would be uh, friends that that um, the kid's making. So quality friendships, particularly having a best friend 
really positively impacts the self-esteem that kids, uh, the ki self-esteem for kids who have experienced trauma. So it's especially crucial for teens because peer relations are really important to them and their identity at that stage of development. Also, extracurricular activi activities can protect the child uh, by giving them activities where they can feel competent and involved, and they also get to enjoy that with their friends. And then the last point, religion and spirituality, also really ties in pretty well with peer connections and school connections, especially at a school like here at St. Peter's where it's a church and a school. And uh, this, the religion and spirituality piece uh, you know, gives them a, a protective factor for the child uh, where they can participate in like a religious, a religious community like a church or youth group. Um, and maybe if like church isn't a, a big thing for the child or, or their family, at the very least cultivating uh, a sense of spirituality in general can help make them feel part of like a bigger purpose that allows them to see past their current circumstances. So uh, with, with all these um, protective factors up here, we can see how other people can be involved in a child's life to have some really positive impacts on them. And I just wanna big kudos to, to St. Peter's. I don't know, have you heard of Lunch Buddies? We have that here where an adult comes in and has a relationship with a kid often over the course of years. Um, and our youth group and our children's, our youth ministry and our kids ministry is set up, Desiree, our uh, kids men director, like now are very much about small groups of kids with one adult, like no more than six youth and one adult that kind of encompasses them over the course of years. And all of that is part of the intention of having that power of one, um, another adult in every kid's lives beside their parents, besides their grandparents that are loving on them and caring for them. And that's part of the, the fabric that you may not even understand why, that, why they're going toward that. So it's a really cool thing. Mm -hmm, for sure. All right, that's, that's all I've got for ACEs, which then brings us to this week's topic, which uh, we're going to start off with discussion questions at our table, like we have been. And um, for this, this week, uh, the first one is going to be, can you think of a time in your life or a person in your life by whom you have felt validated and understood? And a follow-up to that would be, what are the qualities of that person? Or what did they provide to you that made you feel that way? So basically, who has been a companion to you? So let's go ahead and break out and discuss that, and we'll reconvene. OK. Probably a lot more you could talk about. Um, yeah, in the video, it starts out with a woman who's in a, um, like, it, it, British Columbia or something, or Vancouver, yeah, and maybe like uh, Christian, but more Indian, and yeah, so if you don't resonate right away, that's okay, I think the, the story's good, but in it, she talks about, or they talk about the five spiritual practices of companionship. Yeah, 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 so let's run through those. Um, so um, basically, it's made up of five spiritual practices companionship is. So the first one is hospitality, which is offering a safe and kind environment and sharing simple things like food and conversation and treating others with respect. And so that one's actually very similar to the first 
um, protective factor that we went over, um, the kind and nurturing environment. And I thought that that was interesting. The second one is neighboring, which is just developing relationships by looking for things that are shared in common. Because no matter how different our experiences have been, at the end of the day, we are all human. So just to simply meet others in our humanness. The third one is adopting a side-by-side -side perspective. In the, in the video, they give, they give a really good example of, of how to like uh, visualize that. And it's, it's basically like if you're standing side-by-side -side with another person and surveying the same landscape, um, neither person is dominating the view, not in front of the other, uh, and they don't assert that their perspective is better or right. Instead, you're just taking your own views while acknowledging the different views of the other person. So honoring others' unique experiences. And then the next one is listening, which is another important way to honor people's unique experiences. When we listen to someone, we are giving them the opportunity to put their, the pieces of their life together in a meaningful way. The best listeners suspend judgment and are sensitive to the soul of the story and while, while providing encouragement and affirmation to the other. And the last one is accompaniment, which involves both practical and spiritual support. For example, if we hold someone in our thoughts and prayers, we are accompanying them on their journey of recovery. But we can also accompany others by uh, doing practical things with them, going with them to important meetings or medical appointments, uh, or offering to buy them groceries, or just providing other assistance as required. This element of companionship reminds individuals that they are not alone. And that's really probably the most important piece, is just, just being with them. Um, however, it should be about supporting and empowering others, rather than simply just doing things for them. And it's worth mentioning that the main difference between companionship and other models or modes of relationships is that companionship offers presence rather than solutions. You don't need to have all the answers or provide a diagnosis or resolve every problem that they have. You simply just need to make space and time for another person. And with that, let's go to this week's video. I hope you are enjoying this week's Sunday Morning Bible Group. For more information, you can head over to stpeterscolumbus.org. There, you will find more faith content, and you can support this ministry. And don't forget, if you are looking for that local church and you live in Columbus, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning. Now, back to the Sunday Morning Bible Group. Oh, <clears throat> um, so... Anxiety isn't always due to, <clears throat> um, like, a traumatic childhood. Sometimes it can be situational. And um, after the first class, the first or second class, the first class, I think, uh, somebody in here came up to me and said, oh, like, this, this is what happened to me. And so it was Matt Carruthers. <clears throat> and I said, Matt, it might be really helpful if you could share your story with our class sometime. And this morning was the perfect time. And so probably more situational anxiety. And uh, Matt's just gonna share his experience, kind of bring it close to home, like this could happen to any of us and uh, what he experienced in his uh, journey with anxiety. Yeah, so it resurfaced when Janet moved to 
<laughs> I saw you leave. I thought, are you ditching us? <laughs> So uh, 20, uh, 25 years ago, um, I uh, was on a trip, uh, kind of like a trip of a lifetime over to India, um, I was single at the time. Coming back, uh, there was uh, some really uh, memorable turbulence on the plane, we'll just say that. In my mind, I didn't realize at the time, but I thought it was a near-death experience. Um, but it wasn't until a couple weeks after I got back to the States that you know, and I remember the first video, someone said they just felt this overwhelming feeling. I remember going to my office, and I had a, a little appointment. Someone's coming to see me, and literally, they were, they were knocking on the door, but they were there. I just started having these panic attacks, and I, and I just told the person, I'm not feeling well, I need to go. And I just got in my car and started driving. I didn't know where I was going to drive to, I didn't know what was going on. And to make a long story short, I um, you know, got a hold of my, one of my parents and uh, got connected with. Dale Trimberger, who used to be here, uh, kind of in the same role that Jane was in. And, um, it was just really good. I mean, Dale kind of brought me in, and, and to this video, he just listened. And he just listened, and he listened, and he listened. And um, he started calling us our, we'll just have some oral changes here, Matt, and talk about things. And so I could, looking back, and he was just trying to probe what, what was causing this, because I didn't know at the time. And when he finally asked me, he had to put, near-death experience, it just hit like a ton of bricks in the whole mind. So to talk about that, uh, we kept having some meetings, but it, it wasn't getting much better, the anxiety attacks. Um, and so it actually ended up, um, kind of for me, the, uh, the low point during that journey was, remember he came over to my house one evening, he was there for hours and hours just kind of talking through things. And it got to a point, and uh, I think he'd get all frustrated, it was about midnight, he said, well, here's the deal. He's like, um, I'm leaving, because I was by myself, I was like, I'm leaving um, and going home. He's like, and um, if you don't want me to leave, then you're going to come uh, with me and we're going to go to the emergency room. So I'm going to go on the story show, I the emergency room. Uh, I got, had to get a shot to get kind of calmed down and sedated. I just remember there in the emergency room, just Quite honestly, when I was waiting for the, the shot to come in, I just kind of dropped my knees and just like, I don't know what's going on here, but if you get me through this, whatever this is, I will do everything possible, as uncomfortable it might be, to talk about you to, to, whenever I'm getting that platform. So, kind of being this is one of those opportunities too. And I can tell you, there was just a certain calmness that came over me. Maybe it was the shot that they gave me, um, but I definitely know it's the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, it took a couple of months to really get through that, that rough part of that anxiety, and I still have it maybe once or twice a year or in moments when I'm going to be asked to speak. Um, but it's interesting that breathing technique, that's what I was doing when I went out there, like, okay, I got myself together here. Um, but yeah, it, it's been good, because as I hear other people going through it, it gives me a chance to kind of listen and try not to fix them, and just uh, try and help them through their journey. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the time, I Thought I had my life all together and things are going great, but uh, it's got ahead of the plans. So. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. Any, well, any questions for Matt? <laughs> Can we just give him a round of applause? You know, just like. Um, 
I just, it's, it's uh, refreshing, Matt, just like your story gives people hope that, that may be experiencing that. So um, we have a few questions just as we finish up to, uh, for you guys to think about both, both um, the woman in the video, Cheryl's experience, and also Matt. It's interesting, she has the same name as your wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and I know, um, uh, and maybe I didn't ask the right question, Matt, but uh, like you see that in retrospect as God kind of paving the way for not only telling your story, but yeah, do you want to share a little bit more of that? Yeah, I remember uh, Pastor Dale, uh, he didn't he didn't send me over to uh, a place called Quinco, a guy by the name of Roger Franklin, for those who've been in the community for a while. Roger was amazing, and I remember when he was talking to me, uh, I was just saying, oh, I don't want to give them medicines and all that. I asked, he asked, are you a person of faith? I said, well, yeah. I, he said, well, I've seen some people lean on their faith to get through the times where maybe you don't need the medication. I'll leave up to you. And I said, can we try that first? <laughs> right? Nothing against if you have to get medication, but that's the route that we took, and it was just uh, really helpful. Um, but yeah, as I look back on it, I mean, um, you know, it was interesting when I, I had that major and panic attack that first day, and and you know I was single at the time, uh, late twenties, like okay, am I going to find anybody? And literally, it was two weeks after that event that I met my future wife. So she came into my life during this time where I was just a mess, <laughs> right? And and decided to stick with me. And I look back on that, I'm like, you're crazy. Why did you do that? Right? <laughs> But God had a plan, right? Um, there's also another interesting twist on there, too, because it, uh, maybe about a month before that, Pastor Tyson was talking about tithing in his, in his sermon and, um, about how you're robbing God and that you commit to the tithe. And I was always giving, but I didn't really track it, so I started tithing. So that was about a month before. And he says if you tithe, he'll bless you. He doesn't say financially, and I think it's you know, brought shell in my life at that same time. So, yes, I look back and I'm like, okay, that. Yeah, that's the promise, right? God won't waste any pain. Hey, I hope that you enjoyed this Sunday morning Bible group. If you did, be sure to share it and subscribe so we can get you more faith content when it's available. And I want to give a shout out to all people who call St. Peter's home. It is through you that we are able to connect people to Jesus for the first time and keep people connected for a lifetime. We hope to see you next time.